When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As we gear up for the biggest year in politics, one thing we can all do now is start voting with our wallets. By supporting brands and companies that share your values, you're sending a message. It's like buying a team jersey, and we're on Team Sanity. Our sponsors are, too. So before we get behind the candidates, let's get behind the people, our people. Everyday men and women who have started businesses across the country, people just like you and me. Support a Clan Buck sponsor and let your voice be heard. The more of us that support them, the louder our collective voice becomes. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Tuesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Congratulations. Buck, do you know who won the college football national championship last night? Yes, because I saw famed U Michigan alum Laura Travis celebrating it. So, <laughs> yes, the Michigan Wolverines for the first time since 1948 are the undisputed national champions. Uh, congratulations to them. Had an awesome time in Houston watching that game last night. Congratulations to Washington. Also had a fabulous season. Michigan finishes 15 and 0. Uh, and uh, it was an amazing scene in NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas last night. It is also, Buck, the case that we are now sitting six days away from the Iowa caucuses. And we got a lot to dive into. Jimmy Kimmel versus Aaron Rodgers is a fun one. Uh, we've got uh, the Chicago mayor saying basically it's racist for Governor Greg Abbott to be sending immigrants, uh, illegal immigration, illegal immigrants to him. Howard Stern got COVID despite the fact that he's had eight boosters and still wears a mask and hasn't been outside for four years and he can't figure out how. Pro-Palestinian protesters shutting down roads everywhere. Uh, but we start with the six days until Iowa. It appears, Buck, that it is going to be incredibly cold, even for Iowa standards. It's going to be below zero on caucus day. Um, and... I, I saw this, and I, I'm wondering whether it could potentially be an issue. There are, I think, a lot of people out there that have decided 
everything is already, uh, the outcome is already known. And I wanted to hit uh, this with you right off the top here. An Iowa voter says, I don't think there's any point in caucusing because Trump is going to be the nominee. Here's cut four. think there's any point in caucusing right now. Trump is going to be the nominee. I don't, there's just no point. So, so do you like Haley or DeSantis at all? Do you think it's worth getting out to caucus for one of them in the hopes that they might gain no, I mean, I am not a fan of either of them, too. I think we are slim pickings in, in the Republican Party right now. Okay, so maybe this guy is not really committed one way or the other, and he just wants to create <laughs> was, chaos. Did we just play yeah. random guy who doesn't know who he wants to vote for all the yeah, years? That, that that's, in, that's in the audio clips here. But I did, when I saw it this morning reading it, I did wonder if it's going to be below zero. And as we sit here six days out, there isn't a lot of drama uh, surrounding potentially who's going to win Iowa. Is complacency the biggest threat that Donald Trump has right now? Because I I just wonder if it's below zero and you think your guys already won or you just don't really feel that strongly. Only I think it's fair to say the diehards of the diehard are going to come out in sub-zero weather and stand around and caucus for someone. I, I think this would be a more necessary analysis and concern um, for whomever you know one is voting for wants to win in Iowa if it wasn't showing Trump ahead twenty some odd points, right? I mean, yeah. there's lack of enthusiasm, and then there's nobody that supports you, but everybody who supports the other guys and gal uh, coming out. So I, I think Clay, that would have to be. You know, if, if this was within five points, you'd say, oh, wow, you know, turnout, it could really, uh, I don't think that the weather turnout issue is necessarily going to be, um, something that, that changes the outcome or even really affects the outcome in a way we can measure because the spread right now is so big. Now, maybe the spread is wrong, but it would have to be wrong in a massive way, right? It would yeah. have to be the polls off by a margin that nobody could even fathom. All right, so that is Iowa caucuses six days out. I'm sure we'll talk. We'll take your calls. We'll continue to discuss that. But I have been saying for some time, Buck, I'm going to hide already under the desk. I'm up. hiding under the desk as he's going to. I, I can't handle it. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So late August is the Democrat convention. It's interesting to me. Front page stories. Barack Obama comes out and basically says, "Hey, you need to watch out for Trump." that he doesn't like the direction, basically, of the Biden campaign, that he needs them to be more aggressive. And I thought to myself, this is very interesting that Obama would be, this is the second or third time that I've seen him interject himself into the storyline, leak to others, oh, I'm not happy about the way things are going with the Biden campaign, Trump is a real threat, don't underestimate where this could go. And then, Buck. Michelle Obama, out of nowhere, suddenly decides to weigh in and let it be known that she is very concerned about what might happen to the country if Donald Trump were to win again. We have this audio. Listen. The things that keep me up because you you don't have control over them Mm -hmm. and you wonder where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen. 
because our leaders matter who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. All right, Buck. If you were starting a shadow campaign for Michelle Obama to be the nominee in 2024, tell me that this is not exactly how it would start. Barack, out of nowhere, Michelle Obama comes out and says, the leaders that we select... That we select, not that we elect, that we select matter. I'm telling you, they are laying the groundwork for Michelle Obama to come riding in in Barack Obama and her hometown of Chicago, Illinois, to be the savior of the Democrat Party when they recognize in the summer that Joe Biden has no chance when Trump is locked in they're going to pull a bait and switch. I love the theory. No chance. Not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know how many times we have to go, you know, for everyone listening out there who were sending me the email saying Clay's right. Gavin Newsom is going to be the nominee. I'm just pointing out now it's starting to be a little bit like Fauci with double masking is, you know, going to work this time. Michelle Obama. Maybe. It, it, I've been saying Michelle Obama for a little while because I think there's a Kamala Harris problem. In many levels. And the big problem is you got to get past the black woman angle. And if you find the more popular black woman to replace her, Michelle Obama is the white knight. She is the savior for the Democrat Party. They believe. There's just no way this is going to happen. We have a, a an incumbent president who I no one knows better than you and I do. That Biden is weak, that he's, he's bad the at worst, the job, that the it's absurd. The worst incumbent based on the numbers in any of our lives. But, but what, what is there to make people believe, um, right now that you would have a massive turnaround? I mean, th- there are, there are a couple of challenges. The first challenge and the one that always comes up, and this is everyone that I know who has any connection to Democrat politics also says this. Now, maybe they're all in on this scheme. Maybe they're all, you know, that's like the secret. First thing about Fight Club is you never talk about Fight Club. Like, first thing about secret presidential switch is you never talk about it. Um, but they always say the same thing, which is that Michelle Obama does not want the job, does not want to be president. And, Best and way to that, get the job. That's a big problem if someone is supposed to run for president, because I know everyone says, oh, they'll write her speeches, and she it's... You still have to do it. You still gotta go live in the White House, and you gotta be... I mean, we're talking about being president. We're not talking about, you know, uh being... Some some job in in a bureaucracy somewhere where you don't even have to show up, right? I mean, I, I think there's some things you have to do. I would assume. So anyway, that 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 for me is the first place where the Michelle Obama replacement of Joe Biden uh, theory um, goes away. And the other part of it is they have a black woman vice president right now. That's why it so, has to be Michelle so, Obama. I, but I mean, the, the 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 notion of this Clay, it would be an admission. Of Democrat failure for the last four years. It would be oh, yeah. Joe Biden and his vice president is so awful that we are, we, are, this would, you know, this is, you're on chapter eight of the 10 chapter novel and you're writing it and you scrap the whole thing and you're like, my next novel is going to be great. It's crazy town. They have, they have no principles. Here's the way I think it would go down. Kamala and Gavin Newsom are in a lock, like going head to head loggerheads. They, they aren't able to get an actual nominee. And Michelle Obama suddenly 
They play her music like you're a WWE fan. They play her music, and everybody suddenly says, because Democrats will line up and do what they are told. Look at what happened in South Carolina. Suddenly James Clyburn waves the magic wand, and Joe Biden, who gets swamped in Iowa, and he gets swamped in New Hampshire, suddenly everybody gets in line, and Joe Biden, who everybody knows is a mediocrity, is the nominee, and they all get in line, and they all march behind him, and he wins in 2020. I think you could in snap your fingers, and everybody is saying Michelle Obama is the obvious choice. And I just think the way Barack Obama is weighing in, all of a sudden, and again, remember, they never left D.C. The convention has taken place in Chicago. Now, I do think they will wait and see what the numbers look like as we get closer to the summer, but I think you're going to see her name and Barack Obama's name in the news more and more in the days and weeks and months ahead. I I don't know what to say other than this is fascinating. If this happens, theory. if this I would happens, you, it's ten to one odds, Clay. Okay, you're, oh, you're, you're I think it's I think it ten, ten to one. I think is even. I mean, look, I think I'm calling a moonshot here, but I'm trying to read what's going on, and I just don't think that they're going to ride into an election and put everything on the line with Biden or Kamala Harris against Trump. What about this theory? Joe Biden is horrible, but the press is 95% Democrat. The institutions that we are fighting to re- or to take some control in or to have some accountability in, whether it's social media or colleges and universities, we just have a beachhead in these some of these places. We just have a, a toehold. So they still have dominance of YouTube, still have dominance of of Amazon, Google, all these different companies in terms of the donations, in terms of the way that they can sway search results. There's a million different things that they can do to help. Democrats are going to win every major blue state they won the last time around without any question, just based on party allegiance. So then it turns into what happens in the swing states and the entire media, as soon as Trump is locked in as the nominee, assuming that happens, I know it may not happen, but it's probably going to happen. They just they just flood the zone with January 6th stuff, and they say to people in, you know, they say that if we can get a big enough slice of white college-educated voters and white working-class voters, because those are the those are the determining demographics in most of the swing states, if we just get them to, to go Democrat one last time to finish the job, then we're good to go. I mean, I, I, I think we're overcomplicating this because I think that there's a belief that somehow we could get a massive red wave in 24 or whatever. You and I agree. The Senate will probably be, maybe Republicans get two seat majority if they're lucky. Yeah, I, I mean, think good, like good, good chance of winning one of two at a minimum. We're going to talk to Dave McCormick, who's running for the Senate yeah. in Pennsylvania. There are a bunch of different places, but the place where I, you would say, Republicans are favored as Ohio and Montana. I think they can win at least one of those. They're definitely going to flip uh West Virginia, which means we're basically sitting at 50-50 right now. Yeah, I mean, the House can go either way. And ultimately, this this whole contest, which we're now going to be very focused on for the next 11 months, uh this whole contest of 2024 is going to come down to, you know, who can sort of pull it off on the razor's edge. I mean, who, who is able to just nudge it forward in the places where they need to, when they need to. And that, I think, comes down to 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 propaganda machinery. It comes down to the election apparatus. It comes down to mail-in balloting. I mean, all these things we've been talking about, which haven't really fundamentally changed, Clay. That's another thing that I, I am concerned about. A lot of the tactics that were used in 2020 and 2022 
are still in play for Democrats. I'm not sure the Republicans have adapted that fully to it. Look, if you're right and Michelle Obama becomes the nominee, I don't know. Do you want me to? I I I don't know what. Like, I got to do the show and pretend I'm a liberal for the day. Like, I don't know what we have to do because that's a that's a a crazy call. But to me, the the fundamental reality of Joe Biden is that he's a Democrat machine politician and that he works for them enough that he's still the safe play. And you know, that's I I don't see how that has changed unless he has a health issue, and if he does. It's Kamala Harris. And I know everyone says I just, that. That's I don't, so crazy. I don't think they're going to let it happen. You, by the way, all of you out there may be with Buck. You may think I'm crazy. 800-282-2882. The people who agree with you are the only ones who are going to call on this. They're like, Buck doesn't see it. No, no, no. Look, if you, if you all think that I'm crazy for this theory, I'm just trying to game theory it out. I think the one thing they don't want is Kamala and they're going to do whatever they can to not get Kamala. So this, this is why Michelle Obama as the much more popular black woman eliminates the racism and sexism argument um and uh, look i do think buck that they're going to wait into the summer and see if these numbers start to hit they'll also know we'll talk about this a little bit whether the trump trial is more or less likely to happen and also they'll know the math on whether it's having an impact that they thought it would all that's still to come but in the meantime cyber hackers man they love a good scam this time of year they try to take advantage of your charitable uh, heart, photos of dogs in shelters, images of war-torn communities, and, of course, they attach a link to the photo asking for your donation. Many people out there don't know better. They give in one click later. Boom, cyber hackers successfully placed eavesdropping software on your phone, your computer, and they're able to read your emails, get your passwords. That's how easy it is for a cyber hacker to get your online identity. They've gotten incredibly sophisticated Zero scruples. Important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives, how you can protect yourself. We recommend LifeLock. Online systems detect and alert you to potential identity threats you might not spot on your own. If you become a victim, a LifeLock restoration specialist will work with you to fix it. Having that peace of mind alone is worth it. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay, as your promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Go online to lifelock.com. Use that promo code CLAY for 25% off. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome into the second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. We've been talking a lot of politics today. This is politics, but of a slightly different kind or in a different venue than national presidential aspirations and Senate and congressional seats. As you know, we've talked about it here on the show, Harvard President Claudine Gay stepped down from that role, and she stepped down after two things happened. One, a universally, uh, I think, considered disastrous response to her testimony about anti-Semitism on campus. Notably, she was asked by Elise Stefanik, who I will say people are also talking about as a Trump VP, but put that as aside, put that aside. Um, people are saying, uh, but Elise Stefanik, uh, was asking Claudine Gay about anti-Semitism on campus. It did not go well. As you know, Claudine Gay said that calling for the extermination of the Jewish people would be a violation of Harvard's community standards, depending on the context. And everyone sort of understandably said, wow, this is a campus that um demands proper pronoun usage. This is a campus that demands that you um obey the dictates of affirmative action but never speak about lowered standards in affirmative action. That one I think particularly uh hitting home these days. So Claudine Gay Clay, she steps down um after not only the testimony but also the plagiarism. I, I everyone keeps saying allegations. I don't think they're allegations. When you've published something and someone else published something else that you've stolen beforehand, we, this isn't a criminal matter. She doesn't, she's not entitled to a presumption of innocence forever. There's no court that's going to adjudicate this. She plagiarized a lot. Yeah. We know this and had a deeply unimpressive record as an academic, even without the plagiarism, which is why I think it was untenable for her to remain in her position. Okay. Why, why is this now in the news again? Or why is this worth us spending some time on again? Bill Ackman, who is a left-of-center hedge fund billionaire uh, and Harvard alumni, was understandably rather annoyed at the testimony of Claudine Gay and then also um, pushed uh, for her to step down. Um, 
in response to this, and he was very vocal as well about the plagiarism issue that she had, in response to this, now I want everyone to just get ready for this, because you may not have heard this, a publication, a, a which is like Politico but for business, as in a left-wing uh, hatchet job kind of site, Business Insider, ran a story on Neri Oxman, who is Bill Ackman's wife, and they ran a story saying that she plagiarized her Ph.D. thesis or parts of her Ph.D. thesis. Now, I've actually looked into this a little bit, Clay, and what they're saying is plagiarism. In some instances, she cited the source in the work, but she's missing a quotation mark. These are instances where you could say, at least in some of the cases, um, this is... Uh, an error instead of theft. That is possible in plagiarism cases, right? If you put a quotation mark in one place but not in the other and you cite it in your bibliography uh, properly, you know, it's a typo. It's not actually someone intending. That doesn't mean you shouldn't correct it, but it's a typo. Okay. But what this shows us, Clay, is that the left is so incensed that the DEI apparatus has received, you know, it has been Rufo'd. Christopher Rufo has been victorious here. The DEI apparatus has taken such a big hit that they will now go after the wives of people, the spouses of people outwardly involved in trying to advocate for standards and, and, you know, basic ethics at Harvard University. I think people have seen the underside of the left here in a way that is, uh, illuminating. Yeah. This in general, if, I've always kind of liked the mafia standard, which is if you are a wife or kid of a mafia member, you're off the, off the table, right? Like even the mafia made the decision that they were going to leave families alone. Now, if your son goes into the business, then you could, that son could be a target too, right? Like once you become an adult and decide to enter into the business, and I would imagine they didn't really have a lot of women involved in the mafia, but if there were women, you know, who were heads of families and things like that, that would be different. I kind of think that should be the rule in general. Now, if somebody's, uh, uh, gets involved, a spouse gets significantly involved, and wants to kind of Greta Thunberg style. I don't think you should be able to remember when Greta would like say all sorts of crazy stuff. And then if you attacked her or disputed her, people she's would say, a child. she's a kid. What are you yeah, doing? That right? was horrible. Like, you yeah. can't use your, uh, that as a shield. I don't think that's fair, but the reason why Bill Ackman's wife was targeted had nothing to do with her and everything to do with him. And that seems particularly nasty to me. Now, he turned the tables on him. Yes, I was going to say the next, this the, the next the stage part, of this. Yes, the next he, stage. Fill he, people so in he's for a billionaire. He's a billionaire who has obviously very, very substantial resources at his disposal, and part of uh, his hedge fund business is having people who are very good at research. Right? If you're going to be putting a hundred million dollar bet on a biotech stock, or that the S and P is going to go up, or whatever. Yeah. You want very smart, very meticulous researchers to be able to pull together the best possible analysis. He has turned some of his uh, analytic heft now to look at, because the, the belief is that MIT, the institution, 
colluded effectively with the media, like someone in the upper reaches of MIT, which is another place where the president, right, it was MIT, UPenn, and Harvard. The only uh, president so far to survive that testimony yes. and keep her job is the MIT president. MIT is where Neary Oxman, his wife, uh, uh, Bill Ackman's wife, got her Ph.D., that someone there decided to work with the media to run a story on his wife that she's a plagiarist to effectively, you know, take down the Ackman, uh, you know, take Ackman down a, a peg, so to speak, given what's going on here. So now what he's doing is he's saying, oh, okay, I'm turning my research team on MIT faculty and MIT graduate uh, programs. And we're, cause now with AI, this is the thing everyone has to understand. It used to be a painstaking and really almost a, really an impossible process to be able to find plagiarism unless it was egregious and obvious, right? You know, so, um, when, you know, if the professor of Harvard, or rather the, uh, the president of Harvard, writes, you know, what a tangled web we weave when first we, you know, people would be like, wait a second, like, I've heard that I don't think you before. just came up with that. I don't think yeah. you just came up with that. Um, but now with AI, you can find this stuff very easily. Basically, for people who don't understand how it would work, you can cut and paste an entire article, plug it into AI, and ask AI to search and see if they're similar language, right? That's basically what they're doing in many respects. Yeah. And, and here's the the truth of now. Remember, uh, college campuses are roughly certainly at the at the um, elite admission schools. That doesn't mean the student body is actually elite for a whole bunch of reasons. But at the places that take a smaller and smaller percentage of applicants, the academics there are almost all very left wing. I mean, 97, 98, 99 percent at some of these places. You're not allowed to be a conservative. You're not allowed to be a Republican. So it's really it, you know, it's sort of turned into open season on plagiarism finding here, uh, among the, among the academy and the staffs at these universities. And Clay, what's, I think, I think that people are going to realize if they push this issue that higher edge, you know, the, the highest reaches of education, cause there's all this pressure to publish all the time and everyone yeah. thought they could get away with it. It is full of plagiarism at the top echelon. I think you'll see that there's plagiarism all over the place from tenured professors at the elite schools, and you might see a particular concentration of it among DEI hires. Well, I, I think that's true. It's also going to show you how worthless most of these articles really are. And that's maybe what stands out the most. It's very hard in many of these disciplines to actually have an original thought because a lot of these people are just, they're going to get in line and they're just going to parrot whatever they need to say to be able to get the next degree and so I think you're right. I, I think what you're going to see is there's very little original thought, and the vast majority of these papers, I mean, th this is, I do think, worth circling back on. In her entire academic career, Claudine Gay published 11 articles. Think about that for a minute. This woman has been working in academia for her entire life. How old is Claudine Gay? Like 45, 50 years old? I mean, something in that neighborhood, I would guess. And she hasn't ever even published a book. 11 articles? I mean, I, when I saw that and that, that, that she was the president of Harvard, my jaw dropped. I, I obviously don't know the resume of very many professors in general. But to have never even written a single book and have risen to the level where you are 
the president of Harvard, her scholarship, just the level of work that she had done was almost non-existent. And yet she had ascended to the most prestigious position in all of American academia. And I think this is where, for Bill Ackman's a good example, Buck, I think there's a lot of people out there that have had success in life and they just work so much on their own life and then they got their families and everything else that they really don't pull their head up and look around and see what the world has created. And I think there are a lot of people inside of businesses, founders and whatnot, who are so maniacally focused on growing their business that they're not paying attention to what their HR department is doing or what the larger corporate bureaucracy inside of their businesses are doing. And I think they've been stunned. And this October 7th response has been eye-opening for them, where they suddenly ask the question, how did we get here? And they're recognizing the paucity of achievement of many people that have attained the highest echelon jobs in this country. And I I would say it's not just academia. Look at the Biden White House. Look at Kamala Harris. I think a lot of people are saying, what has she actually ever done that would get her to the vice presidency? This is also where, and this is a, this is going to be an ongoing conversation, and it's one that's going to get people very emotional. It's going to be very tense. Um, but it is going to happen, and I think it is necessary for it to happen in a post-Supreme Court striking down affirmative action and admissions America. It is now more, um, I would say more appropriate may not be the right term, but it, uh, maybe more necessary than ever to ask questions about, okay, so where did we decide that for uh, superficial diversity of skin color, ethnicity, gender identity, whatever it may be, where did we decide that we were going to change standards in a way that might have really negative, you know, it's one thing to be the president of Harvard and to not be good at your job. It's another thing to be a brain surgeon or to be a pilot on an airplane. And people are, are, are asking the very understandable question right now. Hold on a second. If we were taking people, you know, if you had a 90% chance of getting into Harvard with a certain grade point average and a certain SAT score, if you were, um, black or Hispanic, but a 5% chance of getting in if you were, you know, like a, a white non-legacy, which these are the kinds of numbers we're talking about in terms of how powerful it was to get in. Um, what does that mean for not only graduate programs, but for things like surgical residency, air, you know, airline pilots? I mean, things where if you mess up, people die. Yes. There I, are... I think it is only fair to ask the question and people don't want to address this. But, you know, there's, there's been some concerns recently with how the FAA is doing. There's been concerns recently with how, uh, you know, with, with pilot training and, I mean, I, I know because I hear from people that they're changing pilot training to make it easier because they have also changed the incoming classes of pilots to make them more diverse. This is what is going on. There are certain jobs where I honestly think a uh, a, a mildly intelligent, daft imbecile could do them. Some of you may be saying, yeah, I listen to the radio show. I was going to say radio shows. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter. Right. And I think there are a lot of those jobs, maybe even 90 percent of jobs in America. The overall talent of the person doing it doesn't make that much of a difference. But I don't know anybody who has ever had to go in for surgery or have a family member go in for surgery 
or anybody who has ever walked on an airplane that doesn't think for a moment when they walk on, I hope this is the best doctor or the best airplane pilot on the planet. And you're right. If we're finding all these failures in jobs that, let's be honest, don't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things, when your life is on the line, how many of us are risking it just so they can have cosmetic diversity? I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't care what ethnicity, what skin color, what religion, what gender or gender preference or whatever somebody is. You know, if I'm going in for, for, you know, emergency surgery after a car accident, I don't want somebody who got a 474 on the MCAT. I, I, that doesn't make me a bad person. All I care about, I would even take it a step further. I don't care if you're a good dad. I don't care if you're a good mom. I don't care if you're a good person. I just want you to be a badass doctor. That's all I care about. And you know what? I think almost everybody is of that opinion. Maybe Mark Cuban would rather die. <laughs> Maybe he's so committed to this woke ideology that next time he has any medical condition, he has to get wheeled in and they have a cosmetically diverse doctor who can kill him. Maybe that's what he thinks is necessary. That's kind of where we're going with this woke lunacy is you have to die for your political belief. Uh, you know what? I, I want to tell you guys right now, everybody's trying to save money. And if you are overspending on your cell phone bill, and I bet a lot of you are, as we start off 2024, maybe your family resolution was, hey, we got to cut back. we got to save some money. Prices have gone up everywhere. We can't go out to eat like we used to. Uh, mortgage rates have skyrocketed. Car payments, the in, uh, interest rates on those loans, all of it has gone up a great deal in this Biden America. I'm trying to save you some money here, and you can save with Pure Talk right now. Same level of service, but you can save 50 bucks a month or more thanks to unlimited talk plans at Pure Talk that started just 20 bucks a month. Great cell phone coverage on America's most dependable 5G network from Pure Talk. This is how the average size family can save $1,000 a year. How much difference at the end of the year would $1,000 in your pocket mean for you and your family? Uh, and you can also sign up with a company that shares your values, isn't afraid to invest in programs like ours. Pure Talk veteran-owned, keeps jobs at homes and using your cell phone. Here's how you get hooked up. Dial pound 250, say the keywords Clay and Buck, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Pure Talk's U.S. customer service team standing by today to help you. Dial pound 250, say the keywords Clay and Buck to be connected now. Again, pound 250, say Clay and Buck to start off the year saving on wireless with a company you can be proud of. That's Pure Talk, pound 250. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back. Hour number three, Tuesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. First guest of the week joins us now. He is Dave McCormick, candidate for the Pennsylvania Senate as a Republican. He just came back from Israel. We're going to dive into a lot of different topics with him. Uh, as it pertains to this Senate race that will be taking place over the course of 2024 in Pennsylvania. Uh, but Dave, we appreciate you coming on with us. You've got an incredibly uh, illustrious background. Let me make sure that I hit this for everybody out there that is just learning about who you are and what your background is. Uh, you're a combat veter- veteran, former CEO of Bridgewater Associates. Uh, you had a Wall Street Journal op-ed, which we've been talking about. Joe Biden and Bob Casey failed the Israel test. I want to start with this, though. Uh, Pennsylvania Democrats 
have done an incredible job of getting their vote out, of harvesting every possible voter out there. A stat that I read was that 50% of John Fetterman's votes were banked before they even had a debate and people could see what his mental state actually was when he ran against Dr. Oz. Are you optimistic that Republicans have reverse-engineered what Democrats are doing? And as we come forward in 2024 with your Senate race, with whomever the nominee is going to be, obviously Pennsylvania is massive when it comes to who wins the presidency. Have Republicans caught up? If not, what needs to be done to catch up with the Democrat vote machine? Yeah, thank, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, listen, it's, it's the thing that's on my mind these days. And I think there's good progress, but a lot of work to do. There's three things we need to do. Number one, we've got to get uh, the vote out, um, the normal vote out. In the presidential year, uh, our voters come out in a much bigger way than they do in, in, in uh, uh, interim years. And so that's number one. Two, We've got to fix the mail-in ballot problem. And uh, and there's a huge effort across Pennsylvania. All different parts of the Republican Party and donors have come together. It's going to be multi-million dollars. And we've got to chase low-propensity voters. We've got to get them registered for absentee ballots. we got to chase to make sure they do that. we got to then get, it, get the absentee ballots submitted. And that's a huge problem. We're not going to overcome the Democrats, but we have to close that gap in a significant way. And the third thing we have to do is change the culture where people embrace the idea of mail-in ballots, which has been a problem in the past. I think President Trump had been very opposed to that earlier. I think he started to talk about that in a very different way. People need to embrace absentee balloting um, as a way to make sure those are the current rules and we need to, we need to win with those rules. And if we do that, uh, we're going we're gonna to win this election. And it's not just for Dave McCormick's campaign. It's for everybody up and down the ticket, including uh, the presidential nominee, the president, uh, our nominee is likely not going to win the presidency unless uh, he or she wins Pennsylvania. So that's the plan. we got a lot of work to do, but I think there's a lot of people focused on it. Hey, David, it's Buck. Thanks for being with us here. Um, I know that you made a trip to Israel. You have your Wall Street Journal op-ed yesterday. Joe Biden and Bob Casey failed the Israel test. First, just tell us, uh, what did you see? I mean, bring us into this experience. I'm, I'm sure parts of it were... were uh, Really emotionally uh, difficult to, to be near what had happened yeah. uh, on October 7th. It, it was really uh, unbelievable. My wife and I decided really over the holidays that we wanted to go. I've been a strong advocate of solidarity with Israel, but we wanted to see it on the ground. And she she knew a number of people there. She had been involved in negotiating the Abraham Accords as part of President Trump's administration. So we were able to set up very quickly, and it was uh, it was unbelievable. We went to Kafir Azah, which was one of the kibbutz communities where 100 people were massacred on October 7th. You walk through those streets, the bullet, the bullet holes in the doors, the, the fragments from grenades, the blood. Uh, I mean, you just can't imagine these houses burned down, people burned alive. It was an absolute barbaric tragedy. Uh, we then met with a young woman who was at the music festival who was shot in the knee. She was in a bomb shelter, and all of her friends around her were killed. She was underneath the dead bodies, and because of that, the terrorists thought she was dead, and that saved her, and she was rescued hours later. Uh, we talked to the parents of hostages, 
and, uh, you know, imagine that uh, it's been more than 90 days, uh, not knowing if your son or daughter or mother or sister is going to come back and knowing that they're being held by torturers in Gazan tunnels or Gazan prisons. And then the final thing we saw, which is the thing I'll not be able to uh, unremember, was this 47-minute video, which I talk about in the op-ed. It was taken, it was created by the Israeli military, taken from the body cams of the terrorists that were killed. And you see the barbarism, the decapitation, the killing babies. Uh, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. You think it's a horror movie, but then, it, but then you know it's not. And so my takeaway from this is we're, you know, Israel is combating pure evil. Um, this is not a group you can negotiate with. You can't live side by side. This Hamas needs to be eradicated. Uh, my second takeaway, though, is that the original sin is Iran. Um, the deal that Obama did with Iran, uh, Biden's continued, that Bob Casey was the decisive vote uh, and has supported all along. This was the original sin, which put $100 billion in the hands of Iran, which it's used to, to finance all these terrorist proxies, Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, that are now the Houthis, which are now uh, shooting at uh, American sailors in the Red Sea, uh, trying to kill Americans in Iraq and Syria. So we've got to strangle Iran. We've got to stand strong with Israel in its, uh, in its fight against evil, because it's not just a fight on behalf of Israel. It's a fight on behalf of all, of all the West, of, of all freedom-loving people. We're talking to Dave McCormick. Uh, you're running against Bob Casey. Bob Casey seems to have gone super left wing after pretending to be a moderate. But interestingly, John Fetterman, who everybody thought was crazy left wing zealot, has actually been a hundred percent right. I bet even you would say, and I bet you're stunned by it because you ran against the guy. I know you were running in the Republican primary race, but you were yeah. planning on ending up running against him. Have you been stunned that Fetterman's been so right on Israel and that Bob Casey's what? been so wrong? I mean, I, 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 Buck and I have talked about on the show. I never thought I was going to yeah. come out and say, you know, Fetterman's 100% right. He's making a lot of sense here. Clay's He's been, been 100% giving Fetterman right. high fives all over the place lately. I can't I believe what's going on. But even you, I bet, yeah, too, but, after coming back from Israel, are like, hey, you know, Fetterman's nailing this. I'd say, I'd say two things. I've been shocked by the timidity by the lack of leadership of uh, a three-term incumbent senator, Bob Casey. Not only is he not speaking out forcefully with moral clarity and, and leadership, he's not speaking out at all. He's just uh, got his head hunkered down. Uh, on the other hand, Fetterman, listen, I probably, my guess is I disagree with Fetterman on about 80% of things, but on three things, he's been, I, I think, great, and his positions are ones that I've been talking about forever, and I really admire his courage in saying that. Number one, we've got to support Israel. He's been a strong voice. Number two, he's called out the border and what a crisis on the border uh, and it needs to be handled. And three, he's called for firing uh, Senator Menendez. So in all three cases, I think he's on the right side of things. And I appreciate the fact that he's uh, speaking out. And uh, I think the con I think that's the contrast that I want to talk about, because we need a leader in the Senate on behalf of Pennsylvania. And, and Bob Casey's not that guy. You pin obviously failed in their House and Senate hearings. You're running in Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania, obviously right there. You come from the business universe. You were very, very successful with Bridgewater 
uh, building up so many different businesses. I'll bet you know Bill Ackman somewhat, at least, who has been leading the charge on a lot of these issues. How much have you seen, based on the people that you worked with in your past, a lot of people suddenly look up and realize, wow, we've lost control of good and evil instruction at our universities. And how disappointed have you been by the University of Pennsylvania's response uh, to the terror attack of October 7th? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was one of the, the first people to say that Liz McGill should be fired. And the reason, and this was before the hearings, and the reason was it just seems so obvious to me when you have Jewish students hiding in their rooms when um, you're not enforcing uh, the law against looters and uh, and people that were marching on the campus and really calling for genocide, that uh, that, that you've lost your position as a leader. And, uh, and the, the hearings of all three of those presidents made that more clear. And it was a test, and a lot of people have failed that test. I think uh, those presidents have failed that test. I think Bob Casey failed that test. Many people have failed that test. And part of the reason is that the progressive left ideology has defined the world in terms of oppressed and oppressors. And, uh, and so when you define the world that way, it takes you down some pretty irrational paths. Like you decide you want to take down the statue of William Penn in Welcome Park in Philadelphia. Or you say things like those three uh, uh, presidents said where, the more the lack of moral clarity and inability to distinguish between right and wrong, the inability to enforce standards of behavior on campuses that protect Jewish students, they've clearly lost the narrative. They've lost the ability to lead uh, in a way that makes sense. And you see huge numbers in the donor community, people that have given a lot of money to these universities, saying, I want nothing to do with that. And I also see Democrats, frankly, on the campaign trail, many, many um, Jewish Democrats who are saying, Listen, that's not my party. I don't want to be part of that group of people that are looting the streets of Philadelphia, that are marching on campus saying things about genocide. If, if my party wants to support that, like Summerlee uh, and others, that's not a party I want to be part of. And so I think there's an opportunity here to really set up a, a high standard of moral clarity and leadership and also be able to build a coalition of people who – want to fight for an America based on values of merit and uh, America's exceptionalism in the world and an accurate portrayal of history. David McCormick, everybody. David, uh, before we let you go, where is your Senate website? Uh, you can find me at davemccormickpa.com. And, uh, you know, I've uh, uh, been building great support over the last quarter. I uh, really appreciate your listeners engaging and uh, going to the website. And I really thank you guys for the opportunity to be on the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. So, look, I, I got to admit sometimes when Clay is right about something and and or has has knowledge to share, I got to make sure I hear and this. I have to just listen. Like occasionally, and when it comes to sports gambling, I'm uh, a guy who doesn't know anything. When it comes to prizes and things you can do online and in apps, I'm a guy who doesn't know anything. So I'm trying to learn about sports, right? I'm trying to learn about who's going to win the big game. I'm trying to learn about all of the different things that are going on. Sports fans right now are downloading a free app called Prize Picks, and they're having a blast with it. It's an app and a website that makes following sports and players a whole lot more fun, particularly the stats. You could win up to 25 times what you invest. Just to give you an idea of how it works, once you're registered and set up, select two or more players in either football or basketball, pick more or less on their projection, and you place your entry. 
You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks gives you easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options. Look, so Clay talked me through this because he knows the sports stuff. I actually was involved with this for the first time yesterday. Prize Picks. I you picked bet a couple of on guys. Michigan, Washington. You went and you put in your picks and individual players, right? You were looking all this up. It was, it was amazing. I'm sitting here and I, it was great because Clay talked me through it and I'm like, I'm going to go with that guy that you say is going to do very well. <laughs> but I'm learning as I go and look, it's fun. It's a fun process. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy platform with an injury insurance policy keeping you in the game even if one of your players goes down. Join the prize picks community of more than seven million football fans who have signed up. Right now, prize picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. And if football isn't your sport, they have tons of others. Golf, soccer, you know, I'm into soccer. Tennis, like the tennis a lot. Cricket, I know that one I gotta learn about. Prizepicks.com slash buck. That's where you go. Prizepicks.com slash buck. Use the promo code buck to get started. That's prizepicks.com slash buck. Use promo code buck. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, sometimes I put aside the political differences and I just feel a little bit of sympathy for some of these people who are stepping into the arena. 
And having built a, uh, a, a media career that has involved some very, um, you know, in the early days, some, some events where not a whole lot of people showed up and, uh, you just got to do what you do and be a professional. I, I have a little bit of sympathy for the Democrat out of Minnesota who everyone has forgotten about, but who is running in the Democrat primary, Dean Phillips. Do you remember this, Clay? Remember we had oh, yeah, our, our good buddy Phillips. Dean. I, I keep think I keep calling him Ryan Felipe, but the uh, Dean Phillips. Yep, that's right. Dean had a <laughs> had a Tuesday coffee hour event today in New Hampshire, so he could speak to Democrat primary voters about how he's challenging Joe Biden. And not a single person showed up. He had an empty event. Now I know we, you know, people will poke fun and it's hard not to sort of chuckle a little bit about it, but also, man, that's rough. You know, oh man, he said, sometimes if you build it, they don't come. <laughs> Dean Phillips told reporters outside that's of actually- the niche. outside of the Manchester Double Tree Hotel this morning after not a single voter showed up to his government repair truck coffee conversation. In 22 degree weather. <laughs> oh man. I gotta give him He's credit. Sitting out Some, there. Sometimes you, what did he say? Sometimes you build it and no one and they comes. Don't come. That's, yeah. that's really a very funny line. The media showed up, uh, oh, and man. no actual, uh, voters showed up. I, I look, I, I talked about this when my last book came out. I've done a book signing where no one showed up. There is nothing worse. That, and I'm sure running for president is similar, putting your heart and soul into something and having no one be there. So I, f- I actually feel bad for the guy. I mean, New Hampshire is a very politically engaged state. For no one in the whole state to be willing to come to your event, maybe this actually will be good advertising for him in the same way. You know, every now and then nobody showing up for a book signing helps an author because oh, it goes sympathy. viral. Sympathy, yeah. uh, sympathy, you know, and people just say, you know what? I actually feel bad for this guy or this gal who was sitting at a table and nobody I, would come by and sign. Can I say this actually? What's better? Would we have talked about Dean Phillips if 10 people had showed no. up to his government repair zero coffee conversation? No, but because zero people showed up and it was a big womp womp. Now we all sit here. We kind of chuckle, but we also sort of feel for the guy. We are talking about him on a radio show with 500 radio stations across the country yes. right now, reminding people that Dean Phillips is actually running for president. So look at that. It might be, is this Dean Phillips empty stadium 4D chess, Clay? This is his big moment. This is Dean Phillips' campaign making an absolutely huge statement by having no one who actually supports them. And it also, what I would just point out, further elucidates how much of a rigged job the DNC creates. Nobody of any kind of standing at all stepped forward to challenge Joe Biden, despite the fact that he is the lowest incumbent president approval rated uh, office holder of our life. Well, hope somebody shows up for that coffee next time. Uh, this is a big election year, especially given how cold it is up there. That had to be brutal. Big election year. You can start voting with your wallet by supporting companies made up of fellow patriots like MyPillow. In fact, MyPillow team wants to kick off this important year with a big sale. If you head over to MyPillow.com, you'll find incredible deals on their sheets, towels, pillows, slippers, you name it. 
signature product, the MyPillow 2.0, 50% off right now. Ditto the new flannel sheets, a winter favorite for chilly days. Six-piece towel sets, $19.99. Mattress toppers discounted to $99.99. Whopping savings right there. You can take advantage of the prices and the free shipping at MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Use our names, Clay and Buck, for these deals. You'll get a 60-day money-back guarantee, 10-year warranty, too. Use the code Clay and Buck. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.